Welcome, everybody, to the newest episode of The Last Word with Big Duke, episode five. And joining us today, opening day, since we're taping on Thursday, opening day for the Major League, my former roommate, former PWG ring announcer and matchmaker for championship wrestling from Hollywood, my good buddy, Angelo Trinidad. What's going on, my man? Duke, what's up, buddy? Adam, good to see you. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on. Of course, man. Well, obviously, today being Thursday is opening day. Adam, we'll, we'll, we'll get to your Yankees here in a, in a minute. Angelo, the Angels play tonight or tomorrow? They play tonight uh, in about, uh, in about oh, as, as we're recording this, in about two hours. So uh, 10 o'clock your time. <laughs> Ooh, that is bedtime for me. Um, <laughs> but Adam, unfortunately today, um, your Yankees. Did not do so hot. Uh, tell me about it. How are you feeling about that right now? It's if you could encapsulate everything I felt going into the off season and then kicking off the season in that way, it's literally all my nightmares come to reality. Literally all, <laughs> all of last year it was, Hey, can we hit runners in scoring position? No. Does everyone just swing at everything? Yes. Does Cole pitch his ass off and then it doesn't matter? Yes. They'll be fine. They're the Yankees. They're always going to be in it, but. It's one of those days where I'm just like, oh, man. I've seen the Twitter. The Yankees' Twitter has now turned on Aaron Judge, which I think is pretty hilarious. But what did he do today? Uh, he just struck out a bunch, swung at bad pitches, <laughs> played some shitty defense at the end of the game. Just just stuff. Like, the Yan- most of Yankees' Twitter will just turn on everyone at the drop of a hat. Like, they strike out three times in a game. It's like, ugh. People forget Stanton had like a great postseason and he's getting booed in the eighth inning today. I'm just like, because ah. even though I grew up in New York and I am a diehard Yankees fan, like I don't get like that with players. Like I'm one of the, like the rare people that never turned on a rod. So I'm just like, you know what? Just let the year play out. Like it is what it is. It's a long season, right? It's a long, especially this year. Like last year it was different. It was like, all right, there's 60 games guys. We have to like, not, struggle so badly in the beginning of the season we have to pick it up and eventually they did but yeah this year it's 162 games i I enjoyed seeing a crowd today i don't know about you guys uh i was at work when the phillies were playing and i don't have cable so i have to listen to the game and i was able to do that on espn radio as i was um getting home from work and even afterwards, uh, after being home uh, tonight, Angelo, the, the Angels are playing. Who is their first series? We are opening the season against the Chicago White Sox. Ooh, minus Eloy. Minus Jimenez, Eloy. My, yeah, minus right. Eloy. So uh, really excited. Uh, you know, Dylan Bundy getting the start, uh, opening day start tonight. Really excited about his, um, his upcoming season and what he's going to be able to do after really you know, kind of almost having a proving ground type season last year in, in the, in the, in the shortened situation. Um, and, you know, obviously, um, you know, excited to just like Adam said, to see fans back in the stadium. Uh, and I'm sure the, the, the guys are excited to have fans back in the stadium as well. And not, not piped in sounds from uh, MLB, the show. That's actually what they did. They piped in the sounds from the crowd noise from MLB, the show at, at the ballparks last year. But uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm always probably, uh, I would say almost 
like Adam is, I'm, I'm, I enter every season cautiously optimistic. I go into the offseason pretty excited about potential offseason acquisitions. The Angels at least never get the acquisitions that you know I hope for, uh, but they get acquisitions that you know, I try to get excited about, you know, um, you know, uh, two, two seasons ago was a two off seasons ago was a great example. You know, we were trying to participate in the Garrett Cole sweepstakes, obviously couldn't compete with the Yankees. Uh, and we ended up getting Rendon when we didn't really need a position player or a bat. Um, and, uh, you know, much like this year I was looking to bolster the, uh, the pitching staff and pitching rotation. And, uh, we, we picked up Cobb, but we didn't really address it. And somehow we picked up a, another outfielder in Dexter Fowler when we didn't really need it. So, but uh, I do, uh, you know, I do like the fact that uh, I have high hopes for Joe Adele. So I'm very excited about what he's going to show this season in, in a full length season. And I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing that you know, he's going to not start the season on the, on the roster. I, uh, give them an opportunity to, to acclimate a little bit and uh, I'm really excited about the Angels prospects too I mean got Brandon Marsh down there Reed Detmers so it'll uh the the I'll, I'll be cautiously optimistic about the future and this upcoming season very nice very nice uh, today obviously big Phillies fan here they pulled out the W against Atlanta uh, they were up to nothing and then Pablo Sandoval came in for a pinch hit, two-run fucking home run. Goddamn guy hasn't been relevant since 2005. Uh, he comes in and puts one over the fence, just like I would have. I'm sure just like any one of you would have, too. Just came in, hit a dinger. Um, but they pulled it out. <laughs> they pulled it out 3-2 uh, to two today in extra innings. 1-0. and oh. We're going to the World Series. We'll see either the Angels or the Yankees there. We'll see. Uh, I didn't even know Pablo Sandoval was still playing. I didn't, neither, dude. Neither I didn't, did I. I didn't either. I didn't either. I saw you... the alert. I saw the alert come over my phone, and I went, "Wait, what? That can't be right." And no, it was fucking true. Yeah. So you got the, you got the what 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 are we gonna call him now? The the Philly cheesesteak panda now. He's bigger than a goddamn panda now. He's a goddamn <laughs> Kodiak bear. Uh, so my question is, is that with all the, uh, well, if you want to talk about the Francisco Lindor contract, I think it was a goddamn waste of money for the Mets. We could talk about that. Um, Man, gosh, I, any, I, 10 years, right. It's, 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 it's crazy because, um, I think initially he was chasing after a 12 year deal hmm. and it's like, dude, you haven't even done anything taking a single at bat with the Mets and now you're asking for this money and we were we we're actually kind of talking about it we so on the on the beer baseball broadcast on Tuesday uh, we talked about when Sandy Koufax and Don Drysdale uh they had technically the first ever contract holdout and they uh, they collectively held out for a combined hundred and five thousand dollars and it's like to and and we brought we kind of compared it to Lindor's request 12 years at I think he ended up getting 10 years in what? 341. A million dollars more than Tatis, which I think is what he wanted. He wanted more than Tatis got. So it's just crazy when, you know, he hasn't even played a single inning for, for the Mets and that, that, that the Mets would, would, would give it to him. But I mean, he is one of, you know, one of the top players in baseball, but just, it's just so, there's just so much stupid money in, in, 
baseball. <laughs> I mean, I guess that's the, I guess that's the, uh, the caveat for not having, you know, quote unquote salary cap, right? They just pay the luxury tax, the luxury tax penalties or whatever. Right. Right. So uh, he's only what, 28, 29 years old. He's 27. He's 27 on a 10 year contract. He won. He wanted it to be more than Tatis, but Tatis is 22 years old. Yeah. So I don't think it, I don't think a shortstop, you know, say, say, let alone five years from now, he might not be playing there much long. I, I just think it was a waste of money for them, especially for the Mets. Um, that was their second biggest contract next to David Wright, which was fucking years ago. But the question is, what's your guys' favorite sports? Baseball, I'm assuming? Yeah. Uh, I, I prefer football as a sport, but okay. baseball has my favorite team. So it's, it's weird. Like, I love the Yankees, but I don't love baseball as much as I love the Yankees. Okay, so Adam, sense. so so with football, you're coming up on a contract year. What contract would you command going into free agency? In football? Mm-hmm. What position am I? Well, that's up to you. Well, I'd be a quarterback. Okay, you're 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 the starting quarterback for the Jets. You're coming up to free agency. What kind of contract would you command? I would be such a bad athlete because I would just take whatever they'd give me because I just want to be the, I would, I would want to be the quarterback for the Jets, just like if I was a pitcher, if I was a pitch, a baseball pitcher, and I could go, I had five other teams offering me forty million dollars, and the Yankees offered me thirty five. I'd go to the Yankees because that's just what okay. I would. That's just like a dream. Like there are certain guys that play like that, but you know, a lot of guys are just because to me, thirty five and forty million dollars a year, it's not that big of a difference to me. Yeah. I'm, if I'm in that echelon of money anyway, it's like, oh no, you know, I can't afford another <laughs> boat or some shit, you know? But yeah. What about I, you, Angelo? I think, um, uh, as, as, so the, using that example as, as a quarter of a football a franchise quarterback, I would definitely say uh, years would probably be of more importance than, than total dollars. Um, and uh, as a quarterback, it would be probably heavily incentive laced as opposed mm-hmm. to um, as opposed to tiered and structured like a traditional contract would be where you get X amount this year and then it caps out at you know in the final year of the deal or whatever. Um, and I'd want to build in and I'd want years because I would want stability uh, but I would also uh, I would also put so I would say maybe quarterback I mean quarterbacks you traditionally see sign three four three four year deals really at the at, at the max. So I would say I would call it maybe five years with an opt-out after third potentially uh and all the incentive laced portion of it would be years one two and three that way i could potentially take money and run and sign with the winning team depending on where i'm depending on where i'm playing but i I definitely would think years would be more important in the quarterback position so you have stability because there's just there's you never know you know it's just, just sometimes there's just a revolving door of quarterbacks yeah look at the yeah. dolphins i mean fitz was the guy like you know what i mean and then you know and then then, then Tua got the couple of starts and it looks like they're going to continue to head that direction but you know you never know well even if you look at the russell wilson situation that's now yeah. turning into it's not if it's when like i've heard a lot of people talk about how the money right now doesn't make sense for them to move him but after this season it's much more feasible for them to move off that contract and again, why would you want to move off of Russell Wilson's contract? It doesn't make any sense. But 
sometimes these teams are just like, oh, we need to make a change for change sake. And I'm just like, okay. You know, like the Chiefs aren't going to move off Mahomes at any point. You know, if, if Herbert looks as good as he is, the Chargers probably are never going to move off Herbert. But for some reason, the Seahawks are like, ah, eh, we can do better than Russell Wilson, even though they probably can't. But who is like, who? Exactly. Like, he's like, he's probably the third best quarterback, if not the second best quarterback in the league. I don't know why you'd ever want to trade him to begin with. Well, unless there's something that they know that we don't. Yeah. <laughs> right on, right on. So obviously we're here joined by, by Angelo uh trinidad angelo uh you were big into wrestling you were very influential on my career among um many others in in southern california how'd you get your start in wrestling oh i've been a lifelong fan probably like most everybody i mean it's this the 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 typical story is i grew up watching it um and uh um just really just um you know, I, w- I was really uh, into, you know, WWF and, and WCW, and I, I didn't know that independent wrestling existed, probably like most, most people, actually. So um, um, it, was, uh, Rus- it was WrestleMania uh, 21 weekend, and a friend of mine was like, hey, like, there are these shows in this, you know, sweaty gym called, you know, for, for PWG. Uh, and they're doing shows WrestleMania weekend. You want to go check it out. So I went to All-Star Weekend, the first All-Star Weekend night too. And that was my first indie wrestling experience. And like, I was like so captivated and blown away for a couple of reasons. Number one, that all these guys from TNA, because TNA was kind of on the rise at the time. They're wrestling in this gym with, you know, four or 500 people watching. And I'm like six rows away. It's just mind blowing because I didn't know this existed. I'm used to sitting at the, you know, top row of you know the staples center watching um you know watching you know you know my, my heroes but um so um yeah so that's kind of what was my introduction to indie wrestling and i started going frequenting pwg shows and uh, uh and became friends with johnny and who was the ring announcer for uh pwg at the time and uh so we would always you know show up we would, we would chat it up in line and there was a point in like 2006 where uh, PWG started running every other week, so twice a month, and it was just a lot to, you know, a lot to keep up with. And like, man, like that's a lot of money to spend on tickets, blah blah blah, this and that. So we just asked John, uh, like, hey, is there anything we can do to help, like, you know, set up the ring, whatever? And then connected us with Disco Machine, and then so me and like three or four other friends started doing ring crew for pwg so that was kind of my introduction to the wrestling business and kind of being involved um and that it, it kind of evolved from there you know uh, john ended up starting mach one wrestling um and asked us for you know help to do the ring crew and stuff so we started doing that and uh, uh and i got my my shot ring announcing because uh the ring announcer didn't show up to one of the mach one shows and john was like uh I'm not gonna, I don't wanna announce. I was like, I'll do it. And he was like, he's like, are you any good? I was like, I don't know. Like, <laughs> I'm down to do it. So I announced a, a Mach 1 show at, a, at a, a Santa Ana High School. And that's kind of a, that's really when I was able to kind of kick my foot in the door, so. Nice, so, so you became the PWG announcer through John Ian? Um, yes and no. So I, so I started announcing Mach 1 
uh, okay. first um, and a couple other uh, indie promotions around SoCal. Um, and then I started doing through, through John, I met Dave Marquez and got connected with championship wrestling from Hollywood. And that was probably, that was like September of 2010. Um, and that's when I was also working for, you know, West coast wrestling company as well. And that's when I, uh, um, was introduced to Dave and got my opportunity on TV. Uh, and then John was still ring announcing for PWG at the time. And he, um, he let me know that uh, there was a show coming up that he wasn't going to be able to make it due to his coaching commitments at Chapman University and that uh, he wanted, he said, hey, do you want me to see if, uh, if you could do it? I'm like, yeah, that'd be great. And uh, so uh, ended up getting a shot at PWG in December of 2010. And I'll uh, never forget that show. It was actually Willie Mack's debut in PWG as well. And uh, so, I mean, I'd been you know, working on and off with PWG as ring crew at that point for uh, five years. And uh, so, and Danny had no, uh, Super Dragon had no idea that I was, uh, you know, interested in ring announcing. So I was talking with Willie and Super Dragon came up and was like, what's up, Willie? He's like, Angela, you're announcing tonight? I go, yeah. He's like, you any good? And I was like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I think so. He was like, he was like, well, you better be. And just walked away. <laughs> just walked away. <laughs> no pressure. No pressure. But yeah, it was super fun. I mean, that actually that show. I think uh, Peter Peter Avalon was on that show. So those were like like some of the funnest shows for me because all you know all my buddies were on the show. So, uh, but yeah, that's kind of how I got my start in PWG, and I announced in PWG from 2010 until you know, 2017. So, uh, I, I've never been to uh, a PWG show. Uh, Adam, have you ever been to one? Lots of them. I think I was actually at the show that Angela was just talking about. Willie's oh, really? Debut. Yeah, because I, I think I remember Willie's debut. Yeah, he wrestled Peter actually. Yeah, yeah. I thought he said. I think I, I, yeah, I think I remember I was at that show. It was a cyanide, a tribute to poison. Yeah, I, 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 yeah, I went to a lot of them, so I'm not sure if I remember. I'm sure I was at that one. Yeah, I know I've been to a lot of shows, and I know I was at ones that you announced too. So there's, I'll tell you, there's, there's something about the aura in that Legion Hall when it comes to PWG and it's just, it's just, it's such a crazy, I mean, they're, they're, we're packed in there like sardines. I can God. barely make my way to the ring, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And like, you know, people banging on the, on the ring apron, like it's a, uh, yeah, I, at least in, in that building, Dan, I wish you had an opportunity to, to yeah. kind of uh, experience that, but yeah, some of, some of my most fun times in wrestling were uh, at the at the American Legion Hall uh, in Reseda, California, post 308, which no longer exists. Tear. No, it's uh, what, what is it now? It's uh, what do they take? They I know they tore it down, but what do they do with it? I don't even know what they put there. Maybe like a, well, not a CVS because the CVS was right up the street. But I don't know. They put they put something there. I don't even know what they put there. Hmm. So with your you said you got in touch with, with, with Dave Marquez and um, you started working with championship wrestling from Hollywood. When did you start writing for them? So I started, I was basically with, the, with this incarnation of championship wrestling from Hollywood. I was there day one. Cause in addition to ring announcing, I was also, I also headed up the ring crew. And um, so in about, so about a year later, um, there were a, 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 a and I think this was kind of a, this was talked about on an, on another podcast. I can't remember where, but there was a, well, Yuma talked about it. 
So, uh, um, you know, Yuma mentioned it a, a couple episodes ago that uh, there was a, you know, b- a bunch of uh, people that ended up working for WWE SummerSlam weekend. Uh, that included the booker of the show at the time as well. So they were uh, removed from their position. And uh, at the time, I was heavily involved uh, working backstage with John at Mach 1 Wrestling, doing a lot more than just kind of ring announcing. I was, uh, you know, trying to learn a little bit more about you know, ma- match structure and how matches are put together. And uh, I've always been really uh, inept with, uh, like, creating moves and, like, um, uh, or like visualizing moves because I used to do that like with my wrestling figures when I was growing up um, and um, so yeah, I started helping some of the guys you know at Mach 1 think of you know different finishers or ways they can get in their finishers and when Dave was looking for a new booker at uh, at championship wrestling from Hollywood he just pulled some of the guys and asked hey you know who do you think would be is there anyone out there that you know, that would be good at this that I don't know about. And they all suggested me. And Dave was really shocked because I'd never expressed that interest. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really just didn't, I, I, I like being a talent. I like, you know, ring announcing. That was, you know, you know that was my love. Um, and, uh, and, but, you know, I decided to, you know, when he approached me about it, I decided to give it a shot. And I ended up doing that uh, for, I was, you know, one of the, at least one of the co-head writers for at least six years, so that was a, a lot of work, a lot of time, and you know, uh, <laughs> a, lot, a lot of miles on the road. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it was so fun, man. It just really gave me another perspective of the business, um, and really made me appreciate um, how hard you know, the bookers really work and and the producers really work because. Uh, I mean, you're, I mean, you're a wrestler, Duke. I mean, you guys aren't necessarily the easiest people to deal with mm-hmm. at times. And uh, I was pleasant. I was pleasant. Yeah. You, you were very pleasant. <laughs> but having, but having to, you know, having to deal with all those different personalities was was definitely a challenge. And I think the 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 biggest adjustment was, you know, a lot of the guys looking at me in that kind of authority position, because I was I'm friends with all these guys. Right. And. Uh, and I made it very clear, you know, to everyone that, hey, I'm not here to play favorites. Like, you shit the bed, you shit the bed. I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, and, uh, and and I uh, I have a bone to pick with with Yuma because, yes, Yuma was a proponent in your debut, but I'm pretty sure the strength and conditioning coach was my idea. Oh, okay. So I have a bone to pick with Andrew about that. Oh man, we're gonna have to get him back on here. We're gonna have to have a, <laughs> the, the a great, heated debate. The great debate. The great debate. No, I remember when when we lived together, Angelo, and you were the Booker at the time. I remember how stressful it was for you because you were constantly, you know, thinking of ideas and then asking my opinion on some things as well. Like, oh, what about this? What do you think about this guy? What do you think about this match? And I just remember it was just just constant, like, oh, this guy can't make it. Oh, we're going to bring this guy. What do you think about this? What if we did this? So I can understand where you're coming from with all that. I just remember, like, it, it was it was crazy for, for you at that point. Oh, I mean, even, I mean, you remember the night before tapings, you know, yeah. scrambling to, I would have the sheets ready to go. Someone mm-hmm. can't make it or got hurt, whatever. I got to scramble to make things work. So yeah. it's a... Uh, it's definitely, it was definitely a stressful and really a very thankless job, uh, but I had a ton of fun doing it because I basically was able to, 
I had a, bl a blank canvas essentially to uh, help you guys get your characters over, um, help you guys tell the story that you guys want to tell in, in the right way, which I think for me was probably the most fun part was, okay, uh, that was the most fun part of the process is me saying, okay, hey, I have this idea. And then hearing, you know, you guys, okay, well, what if we do this, this, and this? And then just kind of the evolution of what that idea looked like from the from the very beginning to, to the finished pro, uh, product. And I think uh, when, the first thing that comes to mind in, 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 in that process was uh, the whole uh, Scorpio Sky experience and, and Willie Mac feud, which brought you into the fold. Mm -hmm. That was probably some of the most fun I've ever had a booking because, you know, Sky is so creative because Christian is so creative. And also, you know, you and Willie were the, you know, uh, you know, you guys are willing to go along with whatever, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I, I think about such, so many fun moments, you know, booking that, that feud and that story from uh, when uh, you guys made uh, Willie join the, Willie had to join the experience. All right. Um, and from the, uh, uh, they had their probably one of their first encounters for the TV title where um, I'd seen the spot. I, I saw the spot on Dragon Gate USA where with the, with the suplex, the top rope, the top rope superplex. And then right. uh, and Sky hooked the knee or hooked the legs to small package cradle Willie to win. I sucked, sucked the air out of that room because everyone did oh, yeah. that. To when uh, you and, and Sky did the, uh, did the old, uh, uh, Hunter Hersalmsley and Shawn Michaels gimmick for the, oh, yeah. the title, and the, that was in the was that for the was that in the PP3 Cup? What was that for? Yeah, yep, for the PP3 Cup. So yep. there's just so some of my most fun times and mem memories booking was was that feud because it, it was over a year long, and you guys were such a blast to work with, and you guys Thank liked my you. and then you guys liked my ideas too, which is good. Oh, of course. Do do a lot of people know? Um, I don't, oh man, what year was it when we brought in all those guys to Hollywood for the rumble? We had, um, yep. And that's uh, when, you, when you met Shane Douglas. That's when I met, dude, <laughs> does anyone, I'm telling you that nobody knows what was really going to happen when Shane Douglas was at Hollywood. Only a few. Yeah. So it was, so they, so we had, so that was, um, gosh, I can't remember his name. But he had brought in all those guys. They were filming their own thing with Piper. It was uh, it was Michael Tarver, Mason Ryan, Shane Douglas, Road Warrior Animal, uh, Paul London, mm -hmm. and uh, Colt uh, Toombs, mm -hmm. Piper's son. And so they were filming content at the Red Carpet Rumble. So we were going to attempt to finagle somehow um, using them for the rumble as well and ultimately it didn't end up working out but um but you did have have a really nice moment with shane in the locker room where yeah. much to your chagrin someone probably andrew uh called you out and said look what he carries in his bag with him <laughs> he did yes he called me out and uh and gosh like shane's reaction was like he was like he felt so humbled yeah. like that you carry his action figure around in your bag as you know, kind of inspiration for you for, you know, for every match. So that was probably one of the coolest moments I've ever experienced. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that, I mean, there could have been endless, uh, endless situations and scenarios if that had all come to fruition, but alas, 
Uh, we just had to put other people on the rumble. So I just, I just remember when you were coming up with the rumble idea and I, I, I'm coming home and now you can correct me if I'm wrong on it, but I do remember you were saying like, Oh, you're going to be in the rumble, but you're going to get eliminated by somebody. And I was like, Oh, okay. And, and you had this like grin on your face. Like, do you want to know by who? <laughs> and, and I just kept going. Like, I just kept guessing and guessing. And you're like, no, no, no. And then obviously, and then the cat came out of the bag and I was, please let's yeah. fucking do it. I could not fucking wait for that to happen, but shit happens. And uh, it, it didn't come, but I did get my picture. I still have it. Um, and it's still, and I still have his fit and uh, his action figure. <laughs> so, uh, that stuff eventually led to you getting a shot at one time with the WWE. Uh, when was that? Uh, it was October of 2016. And actually, this is the first time I've talked about this in a, in a public forum. So uh, this is a, it was it was a super fun experience. Um, it was October 2016, um, and it, uh, it came about um, because uh, that's the year Cody wrestled at Battle of Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. and um he was debuting on night two of three and um he was there at night one just hanging out i introduced myself you know i'm the ring announcer he's like oh he's like, oh, actually i want to talk to you he's like um do you mind if brandy announces me i was like okay yeah, no problem whatever, you know whatever you want so um so uh brandy ended up announcing him and, and brandy and i were kind of you know talking before the show and uh, after the first couple matches, I just asked her, I was like, hey, uh, I was like, you know, um, you know, where you just came from is, is where I want to be. Uh, so would you mind, you know, listening to, you know, a couple of my announcements and you're giving me feedback. So she graciously did when she didn't have to. And uh, she, um, and I asked her for feedback and she's like, um, have you ever auditioned or had a opportunity with WWE before I said no she's like look she's like she said I think you're you know I think for the lack of better she she said yeah I think you're 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 good enough to to get a shot Mm -hmm. and gave me contact information for one of the live event producers and um, reached out to them had a really good conversation with him over the phone and they just happened to be back uh, WWE was going to be in SoCal like two weeks later so he asked me if I wanted to come down and and uh and do something so uh it was at a house show in ontario so it was super fun experience and it's in i owe it all to to brandy brandy and cody Rhodes. that's cool man I, i'm glad you shared that so i knew i i mean i knew about it because you were, i remember you were there and you were you know texting me and asking me certain questions and you know what to do and this this and this you know and i would say i helped you out as best as i can um but no, that's cool, man. So right now we're we're gonna get into the real good stuff. Is Angelo? We we were roommates. Yes. <laughs> um, twelve oh one. We represent. Uh, what was it like rooming with me? Man, um, <laughs> uh, so we so we were roommates for two years, yeah. and. Um, undoubtedly you know some of the best fun i've ever had in my life honestly um and you know we i mean we knew each other mm-hmm. going into it 
but you know, we didn't really know each other, you know, all that well. And uh, we basically just became two peas in a pod, man. And uh, yeah. it, was, it was so much fun because uh, we just, it was, you know, we, it, it's, it's one of those things It's hard, you know, when you have, and you guys told me, uh, you, you, you and Andrew always shared with me that kind of some of the horror stories with the SoCal Pro House and, and stuff like that. And, and Adam, I'm sure you've, you've had roommates in the past too. It's, it's really hard to find someone that you click with all the time and never really have any issues. Um, and I can say that we never had an argument. We never had any issues because we just had this certain level of understanding of mm-hmm. our responsibilities were in the, in the house. And we always just had a good time. And some of the most fun times I've, I've had was, you know, in, in that, in that, in, in that two year span at 1201. And so, and some of the, uh, and just some of the oddest stuff, man, like from, discovering how big of a fan you were of friends like i had no idea <laughs> like just you know the, the complete dvd collection you just pop on an episode every now and again and mm-hmm. i just i just hear you chuckling on the couch <laughs> you know? um and uh and then uh you know the uh the late night runs to walmart oh yes where we would uh where we would fabe everett scott all the time all the time all the time we would see him and we'd go the other way. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, uh, you know, all the, you know, all the 7-Eleven trip, we lived right across the street from a 7-Eleven, watched a 7-Eleven all the time to get the goodies, but. Oh man. Cold Stone. Cold Stone. Yep. Great Walk of China. Oh, Great Walk of China. Alberto's. Oh, it, it was, we, had, we never had to leave ever. We had it all. We, we were living the dream <laughs> of 1201. And I uh, remember. I remember like the, one of the, the, the most fun was when um, we would have, what would we have on DVR? We would have Wild and Out. Yeah. Chris Lee knows or best. Chris, oh, Chris Lee knows best. And I, and I still watch it to this day when I can. I just remember we would sit there on the couch. Well, we had two couches, so we would sit on, not the same one. Um, but we would sit there and we would just laugh for hours watching the same show that we, that we were both into. And we just watched the most random stuff, man. And obviously getting to watch wrestling, mm-hmm. you know, all, you know, all the time. And um, one of, one of, one of the most fun memories I have was um, Adam, you remember that uh, the Tokyo uh, show where it was um, uh, beast from the East. It was Brock versus Kofi. Yeah. Right and they aired it live. And uh, it was uh, whatever, three in the morning at our house or our, yeah. our time and uh i decided hey let's have a barbecue for the show <laughs> <laughs> so we had uh we had uh eddie randall came over yeah with his girl and they, they brought over some bomb cupcakes I don't know oh if yeah you and uh and i actually had bought a foreman an indoor outdoor foreman grill and i, I grilled <laughs> burgers and hot dogs from the couch watching <laughs> at three in the morning it's just oh so, my god! It's so random. <laughs> oh, that was that was a that was a good. One. I'm trying to remember like like it was also well when we would go to the shows too. It was always good because we always flip flopped on on who was driving, so nobody ever put you know so many miles on the car. But those were the the best because you know riding with you to and from Hollywood or any other show that we were we were going to. Um, 
we would talk, we would pick each other's brains. Um, we it just, a lot of stuff was, was, was learned during that time. We would, we listen, we would listen to the same music and, and sing on the way up there, sing on the way back. We'd go to, what was the spot that we always went to after the Hollywood tables? Uh, Sharky's. We would go to, yep. We would go to Sharky's every, what, every Sunday or every other Sunday. Every Sunday, yeah. And, 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 I just remember those times were just uh, absolutely uh, amazing. 1201 was, was the spot to be um, for, with, with Angelo uh, and myself. And at that time, Jesus, I, I think I was, I was dieting heavy at that time sure. because I, and I think w- one night we did a, uh, what did we do? We went to, to Denny's. You remember that night we went to Denny's? It was like, I oh. went and did cardio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I do. And then we came, we came back and I was like, let's go. We're going to Denny's. And, and we sat there and I got the all you can eat pancakes. Yep. I remember. And I just told her, I just told the lady, keep them, Back them high, let them fly. <laughs> and we were there for, wow, God, we we're probably there for about a good 45 minutes to an hour because I just kept eating. Yeah. You, asked her, myself. You, you, you asked her if there was a time limit. Yeah. And, and even if just a limit in general, but I just, I, at that time, I was, I was really starving myself, um, trying to, trying to look the part. And that was, uh, that was the old, that was the old nimbly, nimbly, bimbly duke. Light on, uh, light on his feet. Light on his feet, baby. Oh man, I was what, two, I, I, when I left for Orlando for the tryout, I was, I was 205 at the time. And it could have been in the cruiserweight classic, baby. That's what I was aiming for. That's what I was aiming for. But here I am um it, it didn't work out um so you were talking about some of the um some of the road trips and stuff and i think one of the yeah. one of the one of the funniest moments was we were uh we were riding with uh, it was i was driving mm-hmm. you were in the you were in the passenger seat and uh, judas was in the back yeah and uh hey lover came on bro oh me me and i was hitting those boys to men parts Dan was hitting oh. every lyric of LL Cool J, and Jude is in the back is just looking like what what is happening right now. What the fuck? But you know what? What what really got me was when I think we put on um, Limp Biscuit, and he knew all the fucking words. Yeah. So he's, he's it, it was... Yeah, man. We, man, we I mean, <laughs> and I would I would I would almost venture to say I mean I didn't go to Arizona trips with you, but. It, if potentially there was a fourth Hogsman, I, I, I might I might have been it, or at least an alternate Hogsman. You know, you can. You know, that, that's Hogsman. that's very true. That that's very true. If 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 we continue to go out there and we're continuing to get booked out there, um, and you as well, because did did we try to get you to go out there? You tried to. You guys tried to. You guys were trying to help me get on. Um, uh, fsw you were that's right not 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 arizona but um like you would anytime your book you would ask me if i just wanted to go for the ride too yeah yeah because because at the at the beginning i was always going out there um you know by myself and then then mike came along and then fucking Devin snaked snaked his way in there you know fucking you know you know let's bury Devin. Sure. Go ahead. Give me, give me, give me something, Devin. Give me Barry Devin right now. Let's go. Gosh. <laughs> I don't, I, you know, I don't, 
I, I, I don't really have anything to bury Devin. You know, I mean, uh, what I will, what I will say, and I, I hate to give this guy credit. Ugh. But one, one of my favorite matches I've produced and agented was one of his matches at Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. It was Devin Sparks. It's a dream. It was Devin. It was Devin Sparks versus Kikutaro, and I popped myself so much planning that and helping them plan that entire match. And I popped you. I know I popped Yuma. Mm-hmm. I, know I, I know I popped Bob as well. Dino you know, Winwood, uh, and uh, uh, it was yeah. That was one of my. That was one of the most fun matches I ever put together. But uh, uh, but you know Devin probably didn't listen to to me. That's why the match ended up not being that good. So yeah. Well, he probably thought it was you know Dave Meltzer five star match. Yeah. Right. Well, when in reality it was probably a bag Kiku, of dog shit. Kiku was a workhorse. Of course, anyone who works with Devin is the workhorse in the match. <laughs> he's probably he's probably sitting there right now in his Fernando Tetsi's Jr. jersey and his stupid brown Padres hat, probably just with a little flag, just waving it, going, "Yay, Padres! Here we go!" You know. <laughs> and he was probably really excited about the beginning of that conversation, where you're where you're saying, "I was really happy to produce this match," and then. Dan is like, it hey, takes a nosedive. Takes a nosedive, just like a Devin Sparks match. It starts, <laughs> starts in, the middle, in the middle, and then it just, oh god, what? Well, somebody stop this! Oh. The best part is the entrance. The best part. The best part is when he walks out the back door after the show. <laughs> there, you can insert that Undertaker gong right there. Oh, I play it too. Fucking play the whole, play his theme song during the whole goddamn <laughs> burial here. <laughs> <laughs> just have the gong on repeat jesus christ uh angelo you got me into card collecting that i did believe believe it or not um what do you think about the psa raising their prices and today i just saw that sgc raised their prices what what are you going to do with all this right now it's all supply and demand, you know? Um, right. I, I've never, so I haven't sent anything out to get graded. I do have, you can see in the background, I have some mm-hmm. graded cards there, uh, PSA graded cards, but I've never sent anything out to be graded uh, just because right now the turnaround time is so uh, long. So a part of the reason why I'm sure they raise the prices is to uh, limit the submissions so they have an opportunity mm-hmm. to catch up. Uh, but, you know, it's just, you know, card grading is such a, it's such a crapshoot. Um, and cause I, you know, I have some cards that I want to get out and sent graded. And then I watched this video of how to prep your cards to, to submit, to get graded. And I can't believe like how much goes into it. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, I, so I bought, so I, I bought, I bought latex gloves. I bought microfiber cloths to wipe them down. I bought the card saver, the the semi-rigid cases right. to shove them in, and and painters tape to to close it shut so the card doesn't slide out in transit. And it's like it's so crazy because you, you you never know. I mean, it's going to significantly increase the value of your card mm-hmm. uh, by a lot if it's a ten. But it's like, man, like I don't know, like I don't know if my card looks good to me. <laughs> you know what I, mean? I don't know it's like damn like 
you know, and, and you, you wait all that time to get it graded and you get it and you come back and it's, it's not a 10, it's a nine. Yes. The value still increases, but you know, I don't know, man, like it's, it's, it's also fine to me. I have part, I, I'm sure part of the reason why they raise the prices is so they have an opportunity to catch up and they're hoping it slows. Right. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of options out there. Uh, PSA, I think is probably the most well-known uh, B uh, BGC Beckett grading or BGS Beckett grading right. system is probably comparable in increasing the value. Uh, uh, what, what was the one you mentioned? Uh, SGC. SGC, yeah. They're pretty well known out there. Out there. There's also a new one called uh, HGA, hybrid grading. HGA. Yeah. And right. uh, the, the slabs look really nice, but and they limit their submissions on a weekly basis so that they can guarantee a 10-day turnaround time. But I mean, I tried one time to get on there and I was waiting in the virtual queue for like two hours just to say the spots were filled for the week. So right. it was really tough, but uh, there's, a lot, there's a lot of... Uh, there's a lot of companies out there, but I think uh, PSA is probably set the standard, the standard bearer in the industry. Yeah, PSA is 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 the the standard there. BGS is um, just for their standard, you know, submission. You're waiting nine plus months to even get a card back. Um, yeah. SGC, I was going to send some stuff to them, but <clears throat> that was before they did their price hike. Now where they were at. 25 bucks a card and now they're up to 75 dollars to inspect the card um the one that i'm i'm really reviewing and looking at right now is uh, uh csg do you know who csg is yeah mm -hmm. yeah so i was thinking about now their slabs are absolutely horrible unless you have a boston celtics card you know then that'll go great with it but um even then, I think they're gonna, their prices are going to get hiked up here shortly. So I would love to send in stuff right now, but I'm, I'm gonna, I think I'm going to hold off until, yep. you know, um, until everyone catches up or at least, you know, PSA catches up um, because that's where the, obviously that's what you, you were saying. That's, that's where the value is. Now, with the cards that you're sending in, um, which ones would you send in compared to, you know, someone just sending in a, a, a rookie uh, NBA hoops, LaMelo ball, or, you know, a, a tops, you know, Joe Adele. Yeah. Um, what, 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 what kind of cards would you personally, what kind of cards would you send that, you know, the return is going to become, is going to be great. Yeah, I actually have the stack of cards I want to send in right here. Okay. So, um, so I wanted to send in my uh, Luis Robert, Tops Chrome rookie, mm -hmm. um, and uh, some of the other top rookies from uh, uh, from last season as well. So I have a, a Jordan Alvarez mm -hmm. and a Kyle Lewis rookie of the year. Um, but uh, yeah, I also I did have a Lamelo I wanted to send in NBA hoops. Right. Uh, but uh, I pulled this in a, a redemption card on the Beer Baseball Blogcast. It's a Rod Carew seventy one oh, flash. Wow. Um, that relic and you mm -hmm. can actually see right here it's hand numbered to 25 wow not, not foil stamped but then there's some cards like i had no idea like um so this card right here this this jordan love mm -hmm. i pulled it in a 2020 donner's optic right. and i had no idea how good of a card it was i mean i know he's one of the most sought after like rookie cards out there but this green velocity parallel at the time when i looked it up 
the closed listings were going for like a hundred bucks. Wow. So I didn't know that, but the one I really want to get graded, I pulled this also in 2020 Donruss optic retail. Yeah. This is Aaron Rodgers downtown. This is going for like 250 to 300 on eBay ungraded. Mm -hmm. This is a one in every case. So I got a case hit for retail out of that. So then I have like a, of a Spencer Torkelson autograph. So I definitely have cards in, and I don't necessarily want to get them graded to increase their value. I want to get them graded because I like how they, how the slabs work. Right. This is a, all the, the graded cards in the background are, those are all Joe Adele graded cards, but this is his first Bowman. Uh, mm -hmm. This is graded in nine mint. So, but they just look so clean and so nice. So, and you can put them on of the course. And, and display them. Graded cards would look very nicely on your little shelf right there behind you. You like that? Lowe's, uh, Lowe's, baby. Lowe's. I learned that on a DIY project that a guy had on YouTube. There you go. I should have done it and said, look at this, bitch. This is better. Um, but so so with that that Aaron Rodgers card that you had, that, that optic, um, and now you said that's, you said two to 250, that's raw? That's just yeah. outright? Yeah, that's not even... That's not graded. That's just what the, so what the if it, those listings were. Now, if it was graded, say it did come back as a 10, what would it, what would you think the value would be at that point? Maybe four to 500. Maybe, maybe. four to five. Yeah. You know what? Again, and the, and last night I should have pulled the, I should have pulled the gun last night on a card. Um, last night, obviously today being Thursday, last night, Wednesday night was when Lindor um, signed his big contract with the Mets. So I went on eBay and I wanted to see what kind of Lindor rookie cards were out there. And they had a, a, a tops update 2015 um, Francisco Lindor rookie card. And it was the sparkle and yeah. it was just, and it was just raw. And the guy was selling it for 25 bucks. And I was like, wow, okay. That's, you don't really see those because you normally just get the base cards in a pack and every now and then you would get a refractor or something. And then I saw what they were selling for when they came back as a PS, even a PSA nine or a PSA 10, these cards were worth three fifty up to $500. So I was like, Oh shit, I better go back and buy that. And I go back to buy it. And it was already. Wow. Yeah. I would, believe me. I was bummed. Yeah. There'll, there'll be, there'll be others though. There's so many yeah. cards out there, man. You just got to wait for the right moment, man. Now, who are you after right now? Who are, who are your sought-after uh, players, um, in your opinion? Who would you go after? So right now, I've been, uh, I've been buying a lot of um, football and basketball. Uh, I would say more basketball than anything else right now. And it's uh, right now, I'm going after um, uh, the rookies. So I've, I've yet to pull a um, Anthony Edwards in any basketball packs that I picked up. So I would go with Anthony Edwards probably would be who, who I'm chasing after right now. Uh, I've had pretty good luck uh, pulling Lamella balls. So I feel pretty good about that. Um, and, um, you know, with baseball, you know, any of the, the rookies from this class, obviously Joe Adele, since uh, he's on my angels, uh, but um, Casey Mize, Sixto Sanchez, um, uh, Davey Garcia, Adam, you know, he's, so you know, there's um really you can't go wrong with rookies when you're chasing okay because um i oh, i opened up um i got a little a pack of the the new donruss that yeah. just came out 
Those are nice looking cards. Yeah, dude. And then I, I found a couple the other day. I'm going to have to, I'll, I'll send back out to you, but have you, have you gotten the new heritage yet? I've not gotten the new heritage yet. Well, you are in luck, my friend, because I got a few here for you. Let's go. Big Duke, big Duke always comes through in the clutch. All right. So you got a new age performer, Joe Adele. Ooh. Boom. Joe Adele in action. Rookie card. Dope. And there, and it's, I don't know what, like the back puts puzzle something. Piece. It's a puzzle. It's a puzzle. it's a puzzle, right? Yeah. Well, it just says angels on it. So I don't know who the hell that could be. Um, what else do I have here? No Yankees. Sorry, Adam. Well, I'm just going to give you a hot tip. If you guys can find any Jason Dominguez cards, you should scoop those up now. Oh, I already know. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I am. Is is he's not? Is where is he at right now? Is he in double A or triple A? I don't even think he's played in any level because last year was they didn't do any triple A or anything. But well, if he's in triple A this year, big man's going to get to go see him front row and center because yeah. they're right up the road here. Yeah. Is he's what he's seventeen or eighteen years old and he's already jacked and he was like me when I was a kid. Yeah, he he hit a bunch of tees and <laughs> tees in the outfield, dented a bunch of walls. Oh, here's another one for you, Angelo. Uh, Shohei Otani. Yep. That's um. I don't know what. It's got the Liberty. Be- no, Statue of Liberty background. Yep, yep. That's just that parallel. You make it sound like it's nothing. No, it is. It's not. <laughs> well, that's the thing about Donruss uh, baseball. They're, they have so many parallels and and inserts. It's it's nuts. Right. Like I I. I'm a, a a base completist, so it makes right. it really hard when there's all these variations with Donruss. So I got a oh here we go. I got one of those. I got a Mike Trout too. Diamond Kings, yep. Um, what else do I have? I have one. I have one here for Devin, but I don't think I'm going to send it to him. Uh, Manny Machado, along with the other cards that I have for him, they they're not worth anything. So the hell with them. Um, but no, I'm going to, I'll get those ones, uh, get these ones sent out for you. Um, cause you, you, you appreciate it more than, you know, I would, but especially yeah, I, I, the angels. Yeah, I actually got a, I actually got a care package from, uh, from Duke the other day. Oh yeah. That, that included this gem right here. Yes. Look at that Hogan card. Nice, nice little, uh, Ken Griffey 91 tops. And a, and a Chipper Jones rookie card. Boom. Wow. You are welcome for the millions of dollars that are going to be in your bank account, my friend. I appreciate it, man. Those are those are worth those are going to be worth a lot of money, I think. Those are the ones I would definitely send it. Yeah, well, I was just talking with uh, Michael and Kevin the other night. We're debating whether right. we should uh, eat the gum that's in the packages of the cards. Don't do it. Eat. Don't do it. <laughs> I, I did. The first night I opened it, it, it just... Crumbled in your mouth. Yes, it's yeah. it's really really gross. I'm surprised I'm not dead. So yeah, Angela, let's talk about your 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 weekly your excuse me your weekly rips on uh, on Facebook. Uh, I always tune in for that. Uh, what are you going to be opening up uh, this Monday? So this Monday on my Facebook, uh, I'll be ripping. Uh, I think I'm doing with this is 2020. Um, Allen and Ginter. So uh, oh. this is this guy right here. Okay. So this is after the um the, the model after like uh tobacco wax packs. 
Um, so I'll be opening that uh, on Monday uh, around 5 p.m. ish. This one might be a little bit later. I have a, a long day at work on Monday. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I uh, do a, a weekly Monday night rip on Facebook, uh, facebook.com slash Angelo Trinidad Music. And uh, more often than not, I'll open up some mail too. There you go. Now, where you get it? I know you, you get your card or I get my cards from like Walmart or, or Target, which Target never has. Um, but where do, where do you go to get your stuff now? Uh, especially out in California, where I'm assuming that it's, it's more popular than here in Pennsylvania. Yeah. So, I mean, I try Target and Walmart. I've never found any cards at Walmart. Um, mm -hmm. And I have luck sometimes at Target that I'll be there when they're, when the vendor is stocking. Right. Uh, a majority of my cards I, I buy on the secondary market. So on eBay. Um, and uh, I also have a local card shop uh, in Laguna Hills called MVP Sports Shop, uh, sports cards uh, that I buy some stuff from. But this uh, Ellen and Ginter specifically I actually picked up at a sport card shop in Vegas uh, last week. Oh, nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, I don't, I, I usually just, I mean, I, I we have a local card shop here that um, I go to and I just go and look at the singles and see what's out, what's in there. Um, but a majority of the time I, I usually go to Walmart or, or Target. And do you know about the new Target one? The new Target thing that's coming out with cards? What thing? Uh, when they're going to be on the shelves? No. Have you heard about this yet? No, no. Oh, oh well, breaking news. I'll put the alert up. So what I what I um, I heard um, through the grapevine is now that uh, all targets nationwide starting tomorrow at eight a.m. cards will be on the shelves. Really, it's not going to be any random day, anything like that. It's going to be Fridays from now on, starting at eight o'clock in the morning. Wow. Now they never they didn't say anything about you know a, a, a limit, which I'm sure the stores would end up doing that. But um, if you want cards, they say to get to Target early because at 8 a.m. on a on every Friday, I guess now, that's when they're going to have cards on the shelves. Wow, that's yeah. interesting. Yeah, I had to confirm. Definitely makes chasing a whole lot easier, but doesn't necessarily deter the resellers whom, whom no. I hate the passion. I hate those guys. Oh. The now, how much now that, uh, that, that Allen and Ginter one, you said you bought that on the secondary market. I bought it at a sport card shop it, in, in Vegas. Yeah. So those are, so those are retail 20 bucks at target. I got okay. it for $30. So it wasn't that big. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, that's not, that's not bad at all. Um, I do know like here, um, some of the, the some of the prices that these guys put on these cards are are insane. Yeah. It's absolutely astronomical what what these people and you know what people will pay for them. They will. I was in the card store last week and these little these two kids were in there and they're taught yelling about Pokemon, everything Pokemon, Pokemon, Pokemon. And the mom and dad were in there and they're like, "Oh, pick whatever you want out. Pick whatever you want out." And when they got everything that they needed or whatever the kids got, they went to the counter. This, this total was up and over 500 something dollars. Wow. If I was, if this was back then and my dad was like, Oh yeah, get whatever you want, whatever. And he saw the total, he would have probably turned to me and said, you can go scrub your ass with that. 
because <laughs> that, that ain't fucking happening you know i could it's it's absolutely insane man what what these things are going for yeah. and your uh your beer was it beer baseball broadcast yep talk about it so uh yeah so i mentioned uh you know at the top of the show um you know disco machine helped mm-hmm. me kind of get my start in, in helping pwg ring crew and so he and i've stayed connected over the years and he's a avid baseball fan and he started the beer baseball blog um the adventures of craft beer and baseball because he doesn't get any better than craft beer and baseball so uh he started that a number of years ago and through this pandemic i uh pitched the idea of doing a, a weekly blogcast where we just talk about beer and baseball um, and uh, here we are almost a year later. We have episode 49 coming up this Tuesday and uh, we're, still, we're still going strong. So um, yeah, it's uh, every Tuesday night um, at 6 p.m. The Beer Baseball Blogcast on all your streaming platforms, YouTube, Facebook, Twitch. Um, and it's myself, Michael Mondragon and Kevin Lyon, just three friends talking about baseball, drinking some beers and uh, and we uh, rip, rip open some packs too. So um, definitely been very happy to have that outlet um in this you know really crazy year and um that's kind of a that evolved to the saturday series of um beer and break with angelo where i uh, break a you know most cases a new release every saturday uh, on our youtube channel at 9 a.m and then that kind of evolved to the monday night rips on my personal facebook page too so um yeah lots of opportunities to watch me open some packs talk baseball and, and drink some beer Nice. What was the what was the best rip you've had so far? Um, gosh, uh, probably when I pulled the two Lamelo Ball rookies uh, in the same video. Um, that wow. doesn't happen. So, <laughs> so and then, and then the time I filmed it, those cards are going for like a hundred, hundred fifty on eBay. They've since, right. you know, the market is just uh, you know oversaturated with them at this point. So there, there's not that much value anymore, but that was, that was cool. And also that when I opened a uh, tops inception on my beer and break series, there's one autograph per Kate or per, per box. And I got two autographs in the box. Did you get? Uh, I got, um, uh, Pete Alonzo. Ooh. That was the base auto or it's actually a numbered parallel to 75. And then I got the uh, rookie pitcher from the Mets. Uh, his name is escaping me right now. David Peterson. Uh, yeah, David Peterson, and it was uh, the silver signings case hit. So he signed it in a silver paint pen. Yeah. Wow. Or- now, now, if you pulled a Devin Sparks autograph card, what would you do with it? I'd uh, go in my backyard, grab a shovel, start <laughs> digging a hole, throw that card in that hole, throw the dirt back up on top of it. And uh, call it a day. So I would, I would li- literally bury the card. I, yeah, I would, I would rip it live on air. Like rip, rip it in. Or half. just rip it, just rip it. Yeah, like if it even, was like a one, it's not even worth setting on fire. If it was a one of one, just done. Just get rid of it. Yeah, I'd I'd I buried in the backyard like I you know, like my my guinea pig when I when my guinea pig died when I was growing up. Toss it right in that box. 
Adam, but, Adam's got something to say here with, with about Devin. No, I mean, there's a couple of things I could have buried about Devin. The fact that Devin used to do a Padres and beer podcast and then just abandoned that. Really? Yeah, he used to do it and then just for no reason just gave up on it. Uh, I was then going to say something career. about ripping up his cards and then you walk <laughs> back in the house and the card is still sitting there. Oh, my God. <laughs> he just doesn't go away. Like, you just keep going. That's crazy. <laughs> Duke had to move across the country to get away from him. I did. So and he's, and he still, and he still bothers you. me. He still haunts you. He still bothers me. Yeah. Come see I him wrestle this I, weekend, though. He's wrestling this weekend? Apparently. He's got a bunch of stuff this weekend. So. Apparently. He ain't, he ain't. What is he doing? He's got Hollywood on Sunday, and then there's a bunch of shows at the Level Up School on Saturday. Wouldn't be working there if I was still booking, brother. Tell you that. I think I think at this point, even if Mike was booking, he wouldn't be working anymore. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give me the pencil back. I'll flip it over. <laughs> you got a racer. Devin, who? Devin, uh, I don't know who that is. Yeah, I don't. No, he's garbage. He wouldn't even. He wouldn't even hear you telling him that you're not. He's not booked anymore because he's deaf in one ear. So he's... <laughs> oh, you know, I used to hate that shit when we would be driving oh, and Mike would all, Mike would be in the passenger seat and him and oh, I would Devin be. Just pokes, you know, pokes his head right in the middle. Right in the middle, and we'd be like, "What'd you say? Wait, what?" I'm not going through this whole story again. No, I couldn't hear. What is it? It's its left side, right? Yeah, his left ear. Yeah. So, man. Which I know because I hear it at least five times every time I see him. Did you know I'm deaf in my left ear? No, Devin, I've only known you for like 12 years. I have no idea you're deaf. (laughs) (laughs) Is he deaf or does he just choose not to listen? I mean, he probably does both. Probably does a little bit of both. Yeah. Fucking Jesus Christ. Angela, are you going to go to any Angels games this year? Yeah, I definitely want to get out there. Um, right. price, prices are crazy, man, uh, especially yeah. right now because it's uh, only limited capacity. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was th- thinking about going this Sunday as they wrap up their series with the White Sox. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like 65 bucks for like terrible seats. So I don't know if I want to I don't know if I want to do that or, or wait till things open up a little bit. We just moved up another tier here in Orange County. So I don't know if that's uh going to be a positive thing for attendance at the ballpark but uh right. yeah, i definitely want to get out to some angels games uh this year and uh i'm uh hopefully going to get out to uh, phoenix uh because the angels are playing the d-backs at chase field uh, this summer so nice nice yeah i know um well i wish it was from this, this last season was supposed to be the season that we went to philly yeah yeah the phillies and the angels were supposed to play last year in philly and that was going to be a big deal I would I would have been on a jet plane right there with you, brother. We would have been right behind home plate and eating some cheesesteaks and some hot some hot dogs, some water ice. Oh, some water ice, some hot dogs, and a and a Philly's uh, Philly's pretzel. I don't know what that is. What is that? Just a regular pretzel. Oh. <laughs> okay. We just call it different now. Now this year, I don't even want to say it. I'm I might have to I might have to bring Devin out here. Ah. Because it's the Padres against the Phillies this year, and it's July 4th weekend. I don't think he'll come. No, he won't. Do you have, like, have, a, do you have like, a, a, like a room that just has like been demolished? You could just have him sleep in there? You just sleep in the basement. Okay. Make him, make him sleep on the, the, uh, the swing bench chair in your carport. <laughs> Oh, it's it's all broken. I, I tore that off. Oh, you tore oh, it down. That's right. 
Yeah, if I tore it down, he'll have to use wood glue and put it back together. <laughs> and then just leave him at the stadium. Just take off. Like, I'm going to the bathroom, and then you just never come back. You just leave him. Oh, there. man. No, I don't. Or have him, have, him, have, him, have him go to veteran stadium instead of uh, – <laughs> Have him, have him go over to the shy, go over to the shy park, or <laughs> hey, go over there. Go to the go, go over to the, the vet. It's right there. You can't miss it. You'll Are see you... home plate. It's right there in the concrete. <laughs> Are you sure? I don't see anything over there. No, it's there. Just yeah, go. It's, it's right there, dude. That's funny. But man, yeah, dude, we have to. We got to get to. We got to get everybody out of here. Um, that's my main goal is to get everybody out of here and go to a go see the Phils play. Go see the. The Scranton Wilkes-Barre Rail Riders, the Yankees AAA affiliate, uh, the Lehigh Valley Iron Pigs, the Philadelphia Phillies uh, AAA affiliate. There's tons of things to do around here, man. Um, what are you guys doing this weekend? I'll be at all those shows this weekend recording a bunch of content for the Hogsman podcast. So, nice. And then I fly out Monday morning. So, Oh, that's right. Adam is going to Mania. Point at the sign. Point at the sign. Oh, I'll, I'll try to. I'll be excited. It's going to be a whole section of myself, basically. It sounds like a dream come true. Are you going? Who are you going with? Devin, I hope. Just me. <laughs> Why don't you take Devin? Because uh, I took Devin to a WrestleMania one time, and it was he said it was a miserable experience because I was mad at him the whole time. <laughs> because he just would constantly like try to like I'm trying to sleep, and he'd ask me all these random questions about nothing. Like, and I'm just like Devin, let me sleep. Angelo, you used to go to all the WrestleManias. I've been to a few, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. I had a nice little uh, streak going there for a little bit. Went to yeah. uh, 30, 31, the one in mm-hmm. in uh, uh, at the Levi Stadium, and then I went to thirty two and thirty three. Thirty three mm-hmm. was actually part of my epic bachelor party trip. We went to Disney yeah. World and, uh, and WrestleMania, and then uh, yeah, and I haven't been since. And uh, looking forward to getting to SoFi Stadium uh, when it's when it's there. But I really wanted to try to go this year, but it just it's so it was so hard to plan. I mean, Adam, you probably know because they didn't you know they didn't announce on sale date till later, and yeah, you kind of had to buy all your travel and and hotel kind of blindly hoping that you were going to get a ticket. And yeah. in a lot of cases, you in a lot of people's cases, they probably had to get tickets on the secondary marketplace too. So. There's, yeah, still never some, been there's, one. Some, there's still some good seats available, but yeah, I think most, most of the time, and they're, they're really weird about resale this year. Like I have a single ticket and when I try to like, j- just see if I can try to sell it, it doesn't let me, it says not available for resale. Hmm. So I don't know if it's, I don't know if anything's different this year or what, but. Hmm. Well, it sounds like you're going to have a, a, a great time. Um, that's not no. It's not this week. No, this week. This Sunday is Easter. It'll be the following weekend. It's, yeah, it's, uh, the first night is next Saturday, so a week from this. Okay. Week. Okay. Well, Angelo, I know we're 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 winding down here, and you are uh, you got some stuff going on after we we get off here. Um, what's your uh, what's your social media, especially if people want to get a hold of you for these these live rippings and these this broadcast that you got going on the beer baseball broadcast. Yeah, so you can uh, catch uh, Michael, Kevin, and I every Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on the Beer Baseball Blogcast. Uh, you can catch us on all our socials, uh, Twitter, at Beer Baseball underscore, Instagram, at Beer Baseball, Facebook, Beer Baseball Blog, YouTube channel, at Beer Baseball Blog, and twitch.tv 
uh, slash beer baseball. So uh, those are all the socials for the beer baseball broadcast. Um, that's Tuesdays at 6 p.m. Pacific. And then Saturdays at 9 a.m. Pacific, uh, a new episode of Beer and Break with Angelo premieres. And then every Monday night around 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, you could uh, catch me doing Monday Night Rip on my personal Facebook. That's facebook.com slash Angelo Trinidad Music. So thank you guys for having me on. I had a blast uh, kind of reminiscing. And uh, I got... We, we, I think we have 12 one stories for days, man. So this may have to, I may have to jump back on here down the road. Yeah, dude. I've definitely enjoyed uh, listening to your, um, uh, your show uh, since I did. And, and I just, I love, I just love the episodes with, with Yuma. He's such a good storyteller. And, uh, but uh, yeah, man, uh, thank you guys for having me on. Yeah, of course, dude. We, 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 I needed, I wanted to have you on for the longest time and obviously thanks we have the perfect opportunity. I'm, I'm, I'm glad you, you know, took time away and, you know, we were able to talk to us just for a little bit and, you know, I really appreciate it. And I miss you like crazy. You're one of my very few uh, friends still. I don't have, I don't have many, um, but you're, you want to, I consider you one of my best friends and uh, you know, I love you, bud. Hope you and the family are doing extraordinary. Yeah. Same here. I love you too, bud. All right. So uh, Adam, uh, next week you'll be at mania and next week we'll have a special guest. I'll, I'll, uh, another special guest. I'll get that, uh, that hyped up during the week here. Uh, thanks everybody for listening to watch the episode on, uh, the YouTube page, the Hogman's podcast. It'll be available tomorrow on Spotify and Apple podcasts. Angelo. Thanks again. And I'm sorry, Adam, enjoy your trip. Thank you. And that, is the last word.